0: Is fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. Let's hit the waiver wire. Let's go. Now here's some
1: combination of Adam,
0: Dave, Jamie, and T. Our first waiver wire show of the season, and I am confused. Dave Richard, I don't know what to do. There are a lot of players that I really like, but I have doubts about every single one of them.
1: And there, there's no slam dunk player at them. So it's a, it's going to be a real quandary, but I, I think I see things in some of these players that can make them good pickups for, for people. So we can prioritize. We can make a list
0: and, uh, we'll do what we always do. Yeah. Help people win their leagues. We will do it. Uh, this is Tuesday, the 12th of September. Welcome everybody to fantasy football today. So fantasy football has been back for a week and that means FanDuel is back. So sign up today at FanDuel.com. Click the Join Now button and use our code CBSPOD. New users get free entry into the NFL Sunday Million with over $1 million in cash prizes when you make your first deposit on FanDuel. Again, the promo code is CBSPOD, void where prohibited. All right, so today it's me, Adam Azer, and Dave Richard. So (laughs) Dave's in Baltimore, hopefully going home to South Florida soon. Our office is still closed in South Florida, so no Heath today. I don't even know if he has power yet. He stayed in Florida, and Jamie is still in New York. Uh, I think coming back to uh, Florida tonight. So we're still a bit of a mess, but we're figuring it out, Dave.
1: Screw you, Irma.
0: <laughs> no, I, look, we're
1: we uh, we let our passion for football override all these challenges that we have, and believe me, the challenges that we're having. Are nothing yeah. compared to what other people have. So I'm, I'm more than happy. I'm, I'm thrilled to be back on the podcast. It's been, it feels like I've been off for a month. You've been off for about a week. Yeah. And trust me, it's, it's not like I've been laying on a lounge chair, drinking pina coladas, uh, this past week. It's, it's been a rough week, but I know it's been rougher for a lot of other people. And I know there's people that don't really carry their way. So I think we should just get on with the football.
0: Yeah, that's fine. It, yeah, you know, you were not sip, uh, sipping pina coladas. You were beating me by one point in the podcast yeah. league. <laughs> so I have nine all, leagues. All that
1: credit goes to my my partner in that league, Sia. He he did a, an amazing job navigating our lineup. No,
0: all that credit goes to Jamal Charles for fumble, like setting up the Broncos DST to lose valuable points in the fourth quarter. I had you, and then I lost by one. I, I looked at my nine scores this morning. And I lost the first five leagues that I checked. I was zero and five, and then I then I had won the next four that I checked. So I went four and five. We're okay. We're okay. But a lot of David Johnson. How was how was your week one, Dave?
1: I honestly I haven't even checked yet. Oh, okay. To be perfect, I I know there's one league where I forgot to finalize my lineup, and somehow Kareem Hunt ended up on my bench, and Marquise Lee ended up in my starting lineup. (laughs) That's not so good. So. Uh, I don't think I won that league, and there's a couple other leagues where I had a couple of narrow losses, so probably, I probably
0: did about as well as you did. I did notice a lot of low scores, and I think that's because the four best quarterbacks in fantasy this week were started, all of them were started in fewer than 40% of leagues. Some of them were, you know, not really started at all, like Alex Smith, but Matthew Stafford was started in I believe 39% of leagues, and he, Alex Smith, Sam Bradford, and Trevor Simeon. I'm pretty sure those were the, definitely the top three. I think Simeon was number four this week. Wild week. So let's talk waiver wire priorities. Give me your top three waiver wire priorities. It is so case specific. I get that, but let's, let's just start with three or four big names at the top. Uh,
1: well, and this is all in a vacuum. I, I really believe that what your needs are will override just Any one specific player that's just a slam dunk, but uh, assuming all things being equal, I like Tariq Cohen and I don't think the bears are going to get away from him now. They were using him deep into the fourth quarter of that game against the Falcons. Mike Lennon had 12 targets to Tariq Cohen in that game. And there were some routes that he ran that like deep routes that are no accident. It's clear the bears know what they're doing with him. I don't think he's going to go away. I don't think he's a flash in the pan. I think he's number one. If you didn't heed the advice of drafting Kenny Galladay, now's the time to go get him off waivers. I don't think he's going to go away in that Lions offense. He's number two, and we'll talk more about Galladay as the show rolls along. And then after that, you've got Cooper Cup, who I think is pretty safe. You've got Kerwin Williams, who is going to be, the, I guess, the best running back in Arizona with David Johnson on the shelf, but that's really not saying much. I feel like his ceiling every week is 10 points. And then you've got Chris Carson, you've got, um, I don't, don't, you've got these quarterbacks like Sam Bradford and Alex Smith. I don't think they're going to really qualify. Don't think there's a tight end that's really worth it despite the two touchdowns from Jesse James or the big game from Austin Hoopa. (laughs) So I, I think it's either Carson or Williams at number three or cup. It's a top five. It's a top five. It's
0: a top five. So again, that was, um, that was Tariq Cohen. Cohen one.
1: Cohen one. Galladay two. And then gun to my head, it's going to be Cup three, Kerwin four, Carson five.
0: And you probably don't need to be playing the week by week matchups yet. Like it's week two. You should, oh. you should be looking for guys who you think can contribute all season long for the most part, right?
1: Sure, sure, sure. But there's a name I forgot and he's pretty forgettable. It's Buck Allen in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. If Danny Woodhead's injury is as severe as people are making it out to be, this is going to be the guy who replaces him on passing downs. He's not great, but he will certainly get you 10 touches a week. PPR leagues will be popular. He probably belongs on that list too.
0: Yeah, Alan, Javorius Allen. I think it's actually pronounced Javoris, he had 21 carries, I believe, or 19 carries around. Yeah,
1: there. he he ended up killing the clock.
0: Right, with, it, was it was garbage, so they were up 20 to nothing. He yeah, got most of exactly. his carries late. So so Terrence West, don't worry about that if you're the West owner. Correct. Yes. Um, so if, if I'm the David Johnson owner, which I am in three leagues, I do own Kerwin-Williams in one, a very deep league where was just like, okay, why not? Uh, they might sign Chris Johnson, and and as of now, we don't know what the severity is. It could be, it could be a season ender. It could be twelve weeks. It could be four weeks. It could be a little less. Who knows? But he's got a dislocated wrist, and that's not good. Um, you think the David Johnson owner should pick up Tariq Cohn ahead of Kerwin Williams?
1: I think so. And right. the reason why it's it's because Kerwin Williams isn't
0: that great of a running back. Well, do we know that him- though? Do we know that because he he's got good career numbers? Uh, he, he averages uh, 5.4 yards per carry in his career, but only 103 carries. In 2014, Kerwin Williams had three games with 15 or more carries. He had 19 for 100, 15 for 75, and then a bad game, 17 carries for 67 yards. Didn't score a touchdown, which he did in week one this year. So, I mean, it's so – he doesn't have bad numbers, put it that way. It's so small. It's 103 carries in three seasons, but 5.4 yards per carry. There's nothing that tells me that Williams is, is bad.
1: But I don't, I'm looking for a running back that's got some upside. And I feel like with Kerwin Williams, a good week for him is going to be 10 or 11 fantasy
0: points. My issue with Cohen is like Jordan Howard's still their guy. Cohen, maybe, maybe it's a PPR versus standard thing, but is Cohen going to score?
1: I, look, he's probably not going to score every week, but I think he's going to continue to get uh, maybe a fewer amount of touches on a per game basis than Kerwin Williams will. Because remember, Kerwin Williams is going to split reps.
0: Yeah,
1: Andre Ellington was in there getting work just as much as Williams was toward the end of that game. Maybe not exactly as many as much work.
0: Well, he was getting work but, in the passing game. And that's like right. right, right. Johnson is is a, such a catch machine, six catches in week right. one.
1: Right, so that role is going to get split now. Yeah. So it, theoretically, it's going to be Kerwin Williams as the running downs guy. Andre Ellington as the passing downs guy. Once Andre Ellington breaks down, maybe it's DJ Foster who they're going to sign off for the Patriots practice squad to go in there and be the the third down back. Chris Johnson could get in there to be a backup. It's a mess. And I don't know if I really want to get involved in that mess. I know that Tariq Cohen, he's in a mess too. But Chicago is running out of offensive weapons. They've already lost Cameron Meredith. Now Kevin White's done for the year. I think Tariq Cohen's going to see a big spike in playing time, along with Jordan Howard. Both of them were on the field multiple times on Sunday, and I, yeah. I think you're going to continue to see Cohen get utilized, and the upside, the, the the fact that he's got that unbelievable speed where he can take one play to the house, it's not going to happen every week, but it could happen fairly often. All right. And I, I would want that on my team. I would love that in my flex spot.
0: I don't want to belabor the point. By the way, I forgot to mention, Dave in Baltimore obviously does not have... A headset, a mixer, he's just like Jamie had been using his laptop, so I know it doesn't sound exactly like like uh, you'd like, uh, but it's close enough, and I hope it's okay with everybody. Um, you sound good, just uh not as good as I sound, Dave, put it that way. Well, um, <laughs>
1: you know, no one can sound as good as the great Adam Azer.
0: <laughs> exactly, the great, the fantasy sorcerer Adam Azer.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we got to talk about that, by the way. I this w- whole Bonanza BS, it's gone on for too long.
0: It's not just the bonanza, though. It's It's everything
1: you say. I think you need to just stop predicting things.
0: Right. It is. We got an email, email of the day from David at at fantasyfootballatcbsi.com. Is it possible you azered Le'Veon Bell by playing the Le'Veon Bell theme song in its entirety on the Saturday show? That's very possible. Also, earlier in the week when Heath and I were doing a show, uh, I said something like, there's no way – David Johnson could have a bad year unless he gets hurt. Like I said, there's no way he could go the girly route. He he's this he's so safe and he, well, was he like, didn't I, go the I, girly route. I know he, he, the... he got hurt. He got hurt. Yeah. Uh, God, it sucks, dude. The number one pick in week one. It's cause oh, uh, it just sucks. <clears throat> it's a it's a kick to the junk. It is, and and it's for me. It's so personal because I, I never. I feel like I all the years I've been playing football, I so rarely get the number one pick. I had it twice this year. I had the number two pick once. I got David Johnson in all three of those leagues. I was so excited about it. And, uh, things have, things have changed. The, as far as trading for David Johnson, actually let's come back to that. Let's come back to that. I want to talk more about, uh, Tariq Cohen. And my basic thought is like, okay, it was really exciting. It was a great, great opening, uh, game for Cohen. And I understand the, the enthusiasm in adding him. Um, but are there ever players in his situation, that are really consistently good for fantasy. You know, so so let me just look up the numbers. He had five carries for 66 yards. He had a 46-yard run. He had eight catches for 47 yards and a touchdown on 12 targets against Atlanta. Played 42% of the snaps, only 10 fewer than Howard. But I think of Derek Coleman, or Derek, <laughs> Derek Henry. I think of Tevin Coleman. He was good. I think of Derek Henry. I think of Giovanni Bernard in certain years. Is that what we're looking at here is, does he have to be Tevin Coleman, which would, which would be tough to do, it would be great, but it'd be it'd tough be to do. He'd be touchdown dependent,
1: cause that's what Tevin Coleman was and, last
0: year. And that's what I don't think, I don't think Tariq Cohen's gonna score those touchdowns, he's gonna play for the Falcons, you know, and, and that, I'm just worried about like, he's a good player, he's gonna get his, maybe he'll be good in PPR, I, I, I'm just concerned about Tariq Cohen in standard scoring leagues if he's ever gonna be consistent enough.
1: It's an issue, but I, I think you have that issue with almost every single player on waivers after week one absolutely the only one that might actually develop some good consistency is cooper cup in la
0: well i'm talking just specifically about the running back right
1: right right so i i, I can't look at Kerwin williams and say okay this is the guy who's going to get you 10 points a week you know he won't be david johnson but he won't be a total bum either Who, i can't say that because who's i got, think he's, he's definitely gonna have some bum weeks and i think that that could start as soon as maybe week four against san francisco week five at philadelphia So I I think Kerwin Williams success, if he has any, and I think he will against Indianapolis, I think it's going to be short lived. Whereas Cohen, I I just, I, I love the, I love the talent and there were things that I saw from him in week one that I didn't even see from him in the preseason. And I think Chicago is going to be the type of team that's going to be playing from behind a lot and being forced to throw a lot. And they have nothing at receiver. They've got Kendall Wright as their number one receiver. Yeah. Their number two receiver is a guy that no one's heard of. Their number three receiver is a guy that no one's heard of. Their number two their- receiver
0: is Tariq Cohen. He might be their number yeah, one. That's
1: what I'm saying is yeah. that he's going to end up being that number two receiver. And look, we just had a game where Howard and Cohen both did well. I don't know if that's going to continue to be the case. I don't know if it's going to continue to be the case where Jordan Howard gets as much work as he did and that Tariq Cohen just can continue to impress and, and find time in this offense – I I don't think there's any question about it. I think he's going to. I don't think he's going to go away.
0: No, I agree. Yeah, and that's why
1: I'm pretty confident putting him ahead of Galladay and Cup and Kerwin Williams is the the top guy to get. Assuming you don't need a receiver, you're. I think it's a. I think it's a little bit tougher if you lost David Johnson. But if you really have to make the choice between the two of them, I'll tell you what. I'm I'm leaning toward Cohen.
0: All right, we got to talk about some fab. Free agent acquisition budget. Uh, something that I honestly did on, uh, on Sunday was watched the, watched some football on my computer. I watched uh, the Bills Jets game on my computer. I had red zone on the TV. And I did that on CBS All Access. And you can do this, you can get a free trial at CBS, CBS.com. Not CBSSports.com, but CBS.com slash NFL. Your local NFL on CBS games will be streaming live on CBS All Access. Free trial. CBS.com slash NFL. So you just you got red zone on, you got the Fox game on, whatever it is, you want to watch the CBS game on your laptop, it's a good way to do it. Alright, so one thing to keep in mind with Fab, free agent acquisition budget for those of you I don't want to spend too much time on it because I know um, maybe thirty percent I would guess of our listeners use fab. So I don't want to alienate the other seventy percent. But one thing to keep in mind is it's only week one. <laughs> There's going to be more injuries. There are going to p- perhaps be better options out there, um, more clear options going forward. So I'm not going to spend too much fab on these guys. But what's the most you would spend on somebody on waivers this week?
1: It probably no more than about ten to twelve percent of my total budget.
0: They, I don't think you're getting them then.
1: You think they're going to go higher? So like a hundred dollar budget, Tariq Cohen for twelve. You think someone's going to come after him and? Alright, you know, we'll
0: we're in two fab leagues. Unfortunately, one of them's a 10 team league and one's a 14 team league. Uh, those are the only fab leagues that I'm in. In the 14 team league, I think that these guys are going to go for at least 20. I, 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 cause someone always pays big in, in that podcast league. It happens every year. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if like, I actually Tariq Cohen might be owned in that league for all I know. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's like a $30 player in a 14-team league just because there's not much talent available. I think that's too right. much, but I wouldn't be surprised if that happened.
1: Yeah, if you want to up it – if you're really desperate for a running back – and here's the thing. Like in a fab league, you can go after Cohen. Say you lost David Johnson. You can go after Cohen and Kerwin.
0: Oh, uh, You own Tariq Cohen in that, in that league. Of course I do. <laughs> Good for you. I didn't want to say anything. Good for you. Uh But I doubt Kerwin-Williams is is owned. So – so it, okay, I will put in a bid for Kerwin Williams tonight. I'm probably not going to get him. It will probably be in the I think, ten dollar range, think, out of a hundred.
1: Right. Well, and if you really wanted him, I think you've got to go to twenty.
0: Yeah, actually, I might go more like fifteen. We'll see what happens. I shouldn't well, be but saying Well, someone this will go twenty. People are and, listening, so I have no chance <laughs> of getting him. But oh, um, well,
1: that's why you got go to go like twenty-two
0: now. Yeah, I don't think I'm sure. going to do that. I don't think I'm going to do that because if he's not going to be that good, then exactly. You know. Well, it depends on how desperate
1: you are and what type of situation you're in and what type of running back. If you can't get Kerwin Williams for 22, what running back is left for you to get that you're going to spend three, four, or
0: five bucks on? Can we talk about the possibility that Kerwin Williams is really good? Like, the scenario is, like I said, 5.4 yards per carry for Kerwin Williams in his career. He's got a coach that, David Johnson had the six most carries in the NFL on a per game basis last year. Um, I, I don't think Williams gonna catch the ball like David. You know, not that much just because of Ellington. But if he is their running back, running down sky, maybe Williams will be worth the fab. Maybe he will be really good. Do you think that's a possibility?
1: Well, first of all, why do you think David Johnson had all that work?
0: Because he's awesome.
1: <laughs> exactly. So but, I don't know if I can count on Kerwin Williams being as awesome. No, now, no, Cardinals, but but Cardinals, Dave,
0: they can't. Pa- I don't know that they can pass.
1: Right. Well, I think they can. I think that they have just have to go back to the drawing board a little bit. And this is a matchup. Listen, as much as we kind of poo poo Kerwin Williams, he should go out against Indianapolis and have himself a nice game. So he could, he could make us all look silly in week two with a big game. And then week three is home against Dallas. He could do it again, conceivably. I'm not, I'm not saying the Cowboys run defense is great just because they shut down the Giants. Dave, I don't think that's fair.
0: I think I may have convinced myself. And I don't know if you're feeling the same way, more in the fifteen percent range for for williams and and uh and but what about your, 20%? Uh, it's defensible. I'm not sure I'd do it as the if I were the David Johnson owner, I'd be willing to spend more on a running back this week.
1: Would you be willing to spend almost half of your budget on both of those guys?
0: no. No, because somebody else will come along. No, I wouldn't do it. I think if you're the David Johnson owner and you're, you're thinking about spending that much, you might as well just make a trade. Or, you know, you may as well just start talking trade, which we'll do more tomorrow. Right. Some buy low guys.
1: And the, and I think David Johnson, it's tricky. We'll talk about this later in the show or we'll talk about it tomorrow that David Johnson's value, uh, I don't, I don't know if he's necessarily a great buy low. If he's a buy low, 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 then fine, where you're giving up you know, someone who's not a big deal on your team for him, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I I got people asking me, do I trade Ty Montgomery for David Johnson? No. And if you're loaded not. at running back, maybe you do it. But maybe we should just get into this now, Adam. Yeah. There's a chance David Johnson just doesn't come back.
0: Right. Yeah. It's it's looking too scary to give up a guy like Montgomery. Gillis Lee would be interesting. It's, it's, I'd rather have Gillislee. In PPR, in standard I would, but in PPR, like I don't know. It's closer. It's
1: closer in PPR, but I think Gillislee's better because I'm getting a running back who's going to play. I don't I don't think David Johnson's coming back in 4 weeks. Yeah. I think he could be put on short-term IR. That means a minimum of 8 weeks that he's gone, which means he would be back in week 10. When he comes back in week 10, it's a tough schedule for the Cardinals to end the season with.
0: Nah, he's matchup proof. Just cuz of all the I, I know, but it's
1: still going to be a little bit harder for him. But if the Cardinals are, you know, two and six, two and seven, whatever it is, by the time that he comes back, are they really going to rush him out there on the field to play when the season's over?
0: Man, such, such a fascinating week one uh, and so much to talk about. The thing I wanted to say about David Johnson trade is the owner that I think is best suited to trade for David Johnson is the Ezekiel Elliott owner who got Zeke like late in round two or round three or something, and you've got one of the now two best players in fantasy. Sure, And and a first-round pick, as long as it wasn't David Johnson. Um,
1: I also think the owner that has Terrence West can feel good about starting West. In the meantime, I think the owner that has Doug Martin, knowing that Doug Martin doesn't have any more bye weeks, he just has to sit through uh, the rest of the suspension at this point, you can probably cobble together running backs for the next three weeks, and then you've got Doug Martin plus some other running back on your team. Maybe it's somebody as bad as – not bad, but as – Unimpressive in week one is Carlos Hyde or Lamar Miller. Or maybe it's someone you've got that's great like Dalvin Cook or, or Leonard Fournette. And you just kind of – you bide your time with those running backs. And then when David – if David Johnson comes back, your team is going to be totally loaded.
0: Okay. So there are two players – and we'll move on and talk about last night's game and more more waiver wire and two pretty bad team name Tuesdays. Um, there are two players that are not in the waiver wire notes – On this show, and I don't know if they'll be in the column that Jamie writes. It's a great column. You should read it. But Jamie has a 65% ownership threshold. If you're above it, we don't really talk too much about them. But there are two players that are owned in 68% and 73% of fantasy leagues on CBSSports.com. That might be my number one priority, actually. I'm sorry for burying the lead. 68% owned Baltimore Ravens defense. And they have Cleveland this week, and they might be worth owning the entire season. So that's number one. And number two is Jaquas Rogers, who's 73% owned, and you still got three games of quiz. I don't know that you're gonna want him for more than one week, cause right, he's got cause, the Bears. And yeah, then, he's
1: got the Bears and the Vikings and the Giants.
0: Yeah, yeah, might not be good, but, but if he gets, if he gets 20 touches, which isn't out of the question based on how they used them last year, I don't know that you care about the matchups. You're just, you know, you're thrilled to be getting a guy who's getting all the work. So, Jacques Rogers is 73% owned in shallower leagues. You might be able to look at him. And Dave, I I mean the Ravens defense. You're in Baltimore, you know. You've seen sure. you just hung out with all the Ravens. I'm sure. That's at, that. at the local watering hole.
1: We were uh, uh, we were awesome. eating crab cakes and talking about how How easy the Bengals offense looked for them.
0: They've got Cleveland and the Jaguars in their next two games and, and I won a few, I won two leagues because I had the Rams defense last week. Like it, it is a big deal when you get these defenses with great matchups. So the Ravens could win you a couple weeks. Um, all right, Dave, some more news and notes, but I have a story to tell from yesterday. It's a true story. Story time. I love it. It's not that interesting, but it it is true. Uh, I went to the tailor yesterday. I had a little free time. I went to the tailor. I brought in two old off-the-rack suits that just don't fit me right, and I also brought my Indochino suit, and I said, make these suits fit like this Indochino suit, this Actually happened I swear because I love the Indochino suit. It's it's perfect. And the tailoring, by the way, on these two suits gonna cost me a few hundred bucks, so that sucks. So next time I'm just gonna get an Indo-I'm not no more off-the-rack suits. I'm just getting the Indochino suit for three hundred and seventy-nine dollars. That is an awesome deal. Because think about it, after you buy the -the off-the-rack suit and then you gotta do all the tailoring, it's still not even gonna look as good. Uh, the fabric won't be as good you won't be able to customize every detail you won't be able to get the cool monogram uh, you're you're going to end up losing money so get a premium indochino suit for $379 with free shipping go to indochino.com i n d o c h i n o.com and enter fft at checkout 50% off with that promo code fft these are usually $800 suits and shipping's free so again indochino.com Promo code FFT for any premium suit for 379 and free shipping. Uh Andrew Luck is not going to play this week. Give me an estimate on when you think Luck will be back.
1: Week five. And there's talk in Indianapolis that Jacoby Brissett's gonna get the start. I would hope so. Well, I mean why why the heck not? They've Scott Tolzien it. is not the answer unless the question is who's a quarterback who sucks really bad?
0: <laughs> uh Scott Tolzien. Who is who is Scott Tolzien? Uh, Thomas Roll Thomas Rawls will play this week. Chris Carson yep. is another guy that's going to be available on waivers that has the potential to down the line be a consistent guy. So we said it. Yeah. We
1: said it during the preseason, and I'll say it again now. If you get him, be patient with him. I I'm pretty much convinced his time is coming. Eddie Lacy Carson. is dumpy. CJ Procise is injury prone. Rawls is the same, Uh and I just I love the way Carson looks in this offense. The offensive line is a big turn there's no question about it but i i still can't help but think that carson will eventually be the best running back in seattle
0: yeah and, and carson can also catch passes which is nice. yes
1: he, he can do everything
0: uh the nfl filing an appeal with the u.s court of appeals for the fifth circuit which will likely mean that ezekiel elliott will play the entire season but the development was that alfred morris was his backup so if you're looking to handcuff zeke dave does it make more sense to have alf than mcfadden
1: I guess so. And it's Jason Garrett came out and said Morris really earned it. They thought that he worked hard and and deserved the chance to, to be the handcuff. The only thing I can think of is maybe they're just, they, they're keeping Morris up, um, and not McFadden because they know McFadden's a little bit older. And in case of an emergency, if Zeke were to, you know, miss time for suspension or anything else, they can just make McFadden active and lean on him instead of Morris. I don't, I, I'm not sure I, I I guess it's Alfred Morris, but i I'm sorry I'm just not convinced that he's definitely positively going to be the guy
0: all right let's talk about last night's games and I think we'll probably do it a little quicker than usual just because uh, we got to get to the waiver wire and I mean we've already gotten to it, but there are a lot more names to know and actually the drops are going to be just as tricky as the ads this week like I don't want to drop John Brown I don't want to drop. I don't know that I want to drop Carson Palmer. I want to give him one more week. But we got the drop o meter coming up. Same with Andy Dalton. Uh I had a stat of the day. It was so much more impressive before last night's game, but uh I was looking at week 2 of last season. The reason I couldn't look at week 1 was kind of a technical issue. I don't want, I won't even get into it. But week 2 of last season, 17 quarterbacks scored 20 or more fantasy points in six point per passing touchdown leagues. Se- 17, that's a lot. So week 3, 11 scored 20 or more fantasy points. Week one of this season, only eight did. And only four of them scored more than 23 fantasy points. And none of those four, as I mentioned, were started in even 40% of leagues. Stafford, Smith, Bradford, and Simeon. So it was a bad week for quarterbacks. And the good quarterbacks were most likely on your bench. That is a tough pill to swallow. Um, But that means if you had Matt Ryan, if you had Aaron Rodgers, and you had a disappointing week, if you had Tom Brady, it doesn't mean you you definitely lost. So that was the good news. Uh all right, Denver San Diego. Two quarterbacks that did reach the twenty fantasy point mark. And of course, Philip Rivers, right? I mean, who didn't see that coming against the Broncos? Uh yeah, good start for him. Twenty-three fantasy points. He was the number five quarterback in fantasy this week. Uh any any major takeaways from this game, Dave?
1: I I like that Phillip Rivers uh had the good game. I liked Keenan Allen. I I don't like that Keenan Allen only caught half of his targets, but I definitely like that Keenan Allen. Stayed involved and scored, even though the coverage was really tight on him. Tyrell Williams kept a big role. He didn't have big numbers, but I would be, I would be a little happy to have him on my roster. You don't have to start him yet, but he's somebody who's, who's going to do well. Melvin Gordon continues to have a bad rushing average, but find the end zone and catch passes out of the backfield, really picking up right where he left off. I got a feeling we're going to need to buy a little crow before the end of the season <laughs> for one Heath Cummings. Uh, because of what he had to say about Melvin Gordon and how he feels about him. Yeah. The guy I'm disappointed with is Hunter Henry, obviously. He played less than 30 snaps, did a lot of blocking, didn't even have a target. I guess they wanted him to be just an added helper on the line to protect Rivers and not have him run any routes.
0: Are you dropping Hunter Henry?
1: No, no. I, I, I understand why people could be frustrated with him, but – I'll tell you what, man. The Chargers next week, they've got Miami. They might need more help protecting Phillip Rivers in that game. And then it's Kansas City after that and Philadelphia after that. These are teams. And then the Giants after that. Really good pass rush teams. I I think Henry deserves the benefit of the doubt for at least one more week.
0: I don't think that those teams are going to necessarily be good against tight ends, though. Like Miami probably will struggle. The Chiefs lost Eric Berry. Eagles, maybe they'll be good. That's up in the air. The Giants, as great as their defense is, tight end was a bit of a weak spot for them. It's and then true. At Oakland,
1: but, we're talking about a Chargers team that uses two tight
0: ends. I know. And that's why, that's why I changed my mind so much on Hunter Henry. When the season ended last year, I, I was, we do drafts all year long. We do drafts in February and March. Hunter Henry was a guy that I wanted on every team. I don't have any Hunter Henry. That was intentional. I, I was concerned about him. Uh, and I, and I still am. Cause, cause Gates is still there. And maybe this is a guy who gets better as the season goes on because Gates always seems to get worse as the season goes on. Uh, but I was concerned about Henry and the Broncos are a great defense. So let's, let's not overreact, but, uh, I'm not dropping Henry, but yeah, Dave, let's, let's put him on, on alert right now. Um, Trevor Simeon and Tyrell Williams, by the way, is 74% owned and you definitely could start him next week against the Dolphins.
1: Yes. And week. that's the one other thing is that the Chargers and Rivers was able to throw three touchdowns against Denver's defense. I think the Dolphins' secondary is nowhere near as good. Their pass rush is pretty good, but Rivers at home, first of three games in a row, at home for the Chargers. I think you're going to see him light up Miami. Williams is a big time sleeper for Week Two.
0: All right, Trevor Simeon, eighteen percent owned, five percent started. I don't know who I like the best of these waiver wire quarterbacks. I mean, we we'll get into that, but Bradford, Bradford, Alex Smith, and Simeon, and Simeon. I thought he played really well. He just only threw twenty-eight passes. He didn't really throw downfield much, but he was in control, and he's got good weapons. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, what, what do did you think this, about Simeon?
1: Did this game kind of remind you of that big game he had against Cincinnati last year, where I just everything kind of clicked for him, and he just everything was put together perfectly for Simeon?
0: I don't think I watched and, that game, and I and I did watch three quarters of this game, and then I fell asleep. He was very much in control. And the offensive yes. line, like Garrett Bowles, their left tackle, played really well from what I saw. Had some right. good moments. Their offensive line was definitely better. It was an encouraging start, I thought, for the Broncos' offense. And C.J. Anderson, he – oh, so frustrating. I needed him to score. <laughs> How close did C.J. Anderson get? Like three times yeah, to scoring yeah, touchdowns. Yeah. He even got one called back. Yeah. Oh, he should have scored. He, I'm encouraged. I, Are you encouraged by the Broncos' offense?
1: Yeah, and it's for the reason that we thought it. The offensive line's better. Last year it was total trash. This year it it's definitely a, taken a step in the right direction. I want to see what's going to happen to Ronald Leary
0: because yeah.
1: that's part of the reason why I thought the line got better. Hopefully he'll be A-OK. He's
0: in the concussion protocol.
1: Yeah, he should be able to make it. It is a short shorter week for him than it is for other teams around the league and other players, obviously, since they played on Monday. All
0: right, well, we'll but be, the, but we'll the be offensive line
1: down. is the key. And they're definitely doing a better job. And I know Simeon had a great game here. I'm not ready to buy into him uh continuing to to have great games. I like for example, Dallas next week, great matchup, but there are so many other quarterbacks I'd rather
0: start. All right, so we'll talk about the waiver wire quarterbacks. Um don't worry, I, I guess we knew that it was gonna be a tough matchup for Demarius and for Sanders. Chargers were really good against wide receivers last yeah. year. Sanders
1: should have had a touchdown, by the way. The one where he dove in the end zone.
0: Yes, yeah, like could keep that. He's got to come balance. up with that.
1: He's got to. Like, it's not going to matter. The Drag Broncos the aren't going to sting him for it, but fantasy owners might.
0: That would have been another touchdown for. They settled for a field goal. That would have been another touchdown yep. for Simeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota twenty nine, New Orleans nineteen. All right. Oh, what are your thoughts on the Saints running backs?
1: Uh I feel real good about Mark Ingram. I think Alvin Kamara
0: is Kamara. worth to stash in PPR. Kamara. Camara, Kamara. Kamara. How, ooh, ooh, Team Name Tuesday. Lights, Camara, action. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: alright, yeah, alright. Thanks, Dave. I think
1: it, I think I think it is telling that Adrian Peterson, what did he play? Nine snaps? Yes. I think it's telling that he got so little work in a game that meant so much to him. And the Saints had to know that it meant so much to him.
0: They gave him the first two carries, but but they were trailing. I mean, if they're trailing, he's not going to be on the field that much. There's no that's chance. And there,
1: there were down and distances by the goal line were Kamara, Kamara, yeah, Kamara.
0: Forty three percent own Alvin Kamara, by the way.
1: Yeah, so that's another guy to target off waivers, like I said. And he was on the field near the goal line too. Mm-hmm. It. I, I don't know how they mixed and matched these guys, but Mark Ingram still stands out as their best running back. I think they're going to figure that out pretty quickly. And I think it's going to be an interesting matchup for them against the Patriots at home in week two. I don't think the Patriots' run defense is that great. Obviously, you just saw Kareem Hunt trash them. I I think Ingram and Kamara Kamara could end up doing some decent work.
0: Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, sell high or do we buy them?
1: I think you have to. uh, Really, the question is if you buy them, that means you're buying Sam Bradford who I'm ready to I'm I'm ready to say he was the best of the surprise quarterbacks in week 1. He played so well. And I know it's the Saints and everybody's going to say, well everybody's going to play well against the Saints and everybody will play well against the Saints. <laughs> Tom Brady Tom Brady's going to throw five touchdowns next week probably. But he made throws that would have done well against any defense.
0: He played great. He really did. He
1: played he played great. His offensive line did just way beyond expectations. Like, re- remember the phone call we had with Andrew Kramer on and Ion on Fantasy Football, Adam, mm-hmm. where he said, well, the run blocking is going to be better than average and the pass blocking, well, I don't know. So as the offseason rolled on and the preseason rolled on, we saw little improvements from the Vikings offensive line. What we saw in this game was outstanding. They were great. And Sam Bradford was able to be great. And his receivers made incredible catches and big-time plays. You're not used to seeing the Vikings as a pass friendly team but now that they've moved on from adrian peterson and and they've got a line and a quarterback that can definitely make plays and bradford made plays last year too he had like a 70 percent completion percentage dude i i I think that there's there's a lot of validity to this offense and i am very much Mm. looking forward to their matchup at pittsburgh next week i do not know if that's a quote-unquote bad matchup for them i don't think they'll win the game but I think they could give the Steelers a lot of trouble. I think they're going to give a lot of teams a lot of trouble.
0: I'll tell you what, Bradford, okay, so in a six-point-per-passing touchdown league, I, we always talk about 20-point games. Personally, with this era of the NFL, I think it's probably more like 22. You're better at this than I am, but 22 points is probably what you want to see your quarterback score or more to, to feel like he was a good start. I'll take 20. 20 fine, but they're usually going to be more than 12. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe twenty is top twelve worthy, but my point is twenty. You know, twenty's fine. Twenty-two's better. Yeah, no of du- course. No, duh. Sam Bradford has now going back to last season three straight games with twenty-eight or more fantasy points. In his He's final found a groove. Well, but in his final four games, he had three games of a passer rating of one hundred and six point five or better, and it co- kind of coincides with Adam Thielen like starting to tear it up. So maybe maybe he's got good receivers, good weapons. I think Cook is gonna be a lot better as a receiver than what we saw yesterday. He didn't have a great game in that respect, but No, he
1: he really didn't turn it on until the second half.
0: Yeah, he wore them down. Yep. Which was encouraging. And um yes. all right, we'll get into the waiver wire quarterbacks in just a second. If you own Latavius Murray and you don't own Dalvin Cook, he's sixty seven percent owned. That's dump an him. easy guy to dump.
1: I mean, Absolutely. he wasn't even involved near the goal line. There yeah. is no re- he, and he fumbled on his first carry. Yeah. Cook he has is no redeeming qualities for the Vikings other than the guy in case Dalvin Cook gets hurt.
0: Uh, I'm even going to give you an IDP player to pick up this week, but let's go to the drop Zero to ten. How droppable? Zero is no way, you idiot. And ten is, of course you should drop him, you idiot. Uh Carson Palmer.
1: As of now, it's like a four or a five. But in a few weeks, it's going to be a seven or
0: an eight. Yeah, we just want him this week for the I, I You
1: definitely want him this week against Indianapolis. I was about to make the case for moving on from him and going to Bradford, but I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to do that. That's, I, Bradford, that's we'll so talk tough. about Bradford's schedule in a minute.
0: That but. is so tough. I mean, that's what's so tricky about this week is Bradford, uh, Bradford, Alex Smith in particular, and then Simeon as well. Are we buying into them as long-term options?
1: No, but I'm thinking about it more from the fantasy owner that has Andrew Luck and is trying to get by or, you know, someone who's got Eli Manning as their starting quarterback and they saw him explode.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I should I, say I gotta, implode. I gotta,
1: explode would suggest he had a big game.
0: I've got a note on him that that might encourage you a little bit, uh, in just a moment. These, by the way, these drople meter suggestions are all from our listeners. Uh, from Brandon, Adrian Peterson.
1: I'll tell you what. I think he's about a six or a seven. And if I saw him on my waiver wire after one week, I am not sure I would make a move to pick him up. Brandon Marshall. Three or four. I, I would make a move to pick him up.
0: All right. Yeah, we got to see. I don't
1: think we've truly seen the Giants no. passing game yet because no, of Odell not. Beckham
0: didn't play. Yeah, but Beckham's going to make everybody better. I don't know that they'll be good, but they'll be better. Uh Eddie Lacy. Five. That's it? Ten. Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had to think about it for a second. You, you didn't invest much draft capital in him. I just don't think he's ever going to be the guy in Seattle. Rex Burkhead. So let's, let's move on from him. Rex is a zero. Really? I've got a sneaky feeling he ends up being a, a decent factor this week.
0: Mike Wallace.
1: Also zero. Hashtag Keith Cummings.
0: He, I mean, I never wanted to draft him to begin with. He's going to have some big weeks. Uh, He's a good bench receiver. This could be a week for him against Cleveland. Yep. Uh, Paul Perkins.
1: Four, but it could ratchet up to about a nine.
0: Thomas a Rawls. Weeks. Who's that? Rawls. Zero. Zero. Robbie Anderson. Uh, five. John Brown. Zero. Samaj P. Ryan.
1: Eleven?
0: Yeah. He was over-owned to begin with. Um Jeremy Hill.
1: Jeremy Hill is about a uh, six. Uh, the, the time is coming for me. I know Mixon had a crap game, and no one's happy with nine yards on eight carries. But none of these guys in Cincinnati had a good game against Baltimore. And the more we go on with Jeremy Hill struggling, falling below four yards per carry and not find the end zone, the more likely we'll see Joe Mixon in a featured role. Mixon's a great buy-low target.
0: Yeah, not bad for the David Johnson. Early. Some
1: loser in your league drafted him. And they're going to say, oh, no, he only
0: had nine yards on eight carries. He stinks.
1: And then you could offer him up um, someone.
0: Uh, Andy Dalton.
1: That's that for hashtag analysis. <laughs> Dalton is a 10. You can let him go and know. go after Bradford.
0: I don't you know want. if I agree. Like, he played maybe one of the best defenses in the NFL um, I I like I just want to see him with AJ Green and Tyler Eifert both healthy at the same time because he did well. Oh, well, we saw him
1: week one, and
0: that was our that was his worst game ever. Like he's not that bad. He doesn't throw interceptions.
1: I, I'm I'm with you, but there are a lot of other quarterbacks out there, and who's who's starting Andy Dalton?
0: But after People one week,
1: fourteen, I, sixteen, eighteen team leagues, two I, quarterback
0: leagues. I think he's no. I think he's a startable guy. I, well, going into the year, I thought Andy Dalton was a startable guy. I thought he was in the. You know, maybe just below Matthew Stafford, but right there with Carson Palmer. Um, and I have Dalton, I think in two leagues, I thought I'd stream him. I thought I'd play him with the matchups. After one week, are we really ready? Like, if I had said to you a week ago, Sam Bradford over Andy Dalton, you would have, you would have thrown, uh, you would have thrown a, a, a dinner roll at me. Sorry. I would have eaten the dinner <laughs> roll and thrown a fork at you. Ouch. I'm trying well,
1: well, no, it would have been the other side. Cause I'm, I'm, first of all, I probably would have missed you because I'm, I'm not very good at throwing things. I'd probably like hit like an old lady at the next table. Okay. Dalton is one of those quarterbacks that you go into the season streaming. Yeah. Dude, Carson Wentz is a way better quarterback than Dalton at
0: this yes. point. Yes. That's a guy to go grab. I, he's like 84% alive, right. I think. Is he really? Yeah. A right, couple more, yeah. couple more. Jamal Williams.
1: Yeah. I think, I think Ty Montgomery is the guy. Yeah. So I, I if you don't have Ty Montgomery and you do have Jamal Williams, you can make a move to
0: dump Jamal Williams. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I wouldn't do it if I owned Montgomery.
1: Agreed.
0: Uh, from Tony, drop the bonanza.
1: Yes. Zero. Ten, zero. 12,
0: 20 It's never going away. Fantasy Sorcerer oh. is here, and the bonanza is here to stay. All right, 40 minutes into the show, let's talk about a little bit more, 43 minutes, a little more waiver wire. I mean, we covered the big names, but there's a, there are a lot more. So the priority list for Jamie, uh, and and if you read the column, he'll explain what's more this week and what's more uh, long-term. Alex Smith, Sam Bradford, Jared Goff, Trevor Simeon. Smith, Bradford, Goff, Simeon. Are you going to be aggressive in looking to add any of these guys?
1: Not particularly, only, like I said, if, if I've got Andrew Luck and I'm trying to get by until Luck comes back, or if I'm in a two, well, if I'm in a two quarterback league, these guys are owned already. It's gotta be a special situation to go after them. I think it's really more for the fantasy owner who Began the season streaming Eli Manning or Carson Palmer, like I said. And they've got to make a tough choice between those two guys, Manning or Palmer. And I would put Bradford ahead of Alex Smith. I think he's got a little more staying power as far as being a good fantasy quarterback than Smith does.
0: Okay. And, um, who's got, who's best this week? Smith against Philadelphia, Bradford at Pittsburgh, golf against Washington or Simeon against Dallas.
1: I'm going to say it's Bradford.
0: <laughs> looking up the rankings?
1: I am looking up the rankings.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh Deshaun Kaiser and Deshaun Watson, I don't think people will be too excited to pick them up, but they are no. they are less than 30% owned and maybe two quarterback leagues for Kaiser and Watson. And then on the drop list, like okay, I understand if you want to drop Eli Manning, he's 90% owned. He's he had 6 fantasy points last week and he was the number 19 quarterback in fantasy last year. But last year, Eli Manning scored 41 more points than Alex Smith in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. And he threw 28 passes against the Lions last year, and he scored 20 fantasy points. And that's his opponent this week. So, you know, I don't think it's an automatic drop, but it's certainly understandable.
1: It really depends on how you feel about him. Uh, Look, last week was horrible. I think it's going to be—I don't think that's going to be the standard for him. Cause if it is, then the Giants season's over and Adam's going to cry every week on the podcast. That does sound like something that would be fun to listen to. Yeah. But I don't think that's something that, um, is, is going to be the case. I think Odell coming back will help. I, I can't help but think that the offensive line will get better and the matchup against Detroit at home should be pretty good too. So yeah. I, yeah, I, I think Eli, Eli and Palmer are both worth another role this week.
0: What about Tyrod Taylor? How do you measure him up with, with, uh, Alex Smith, Sam Bradford? Simeon Goff.
1: he's in that mix I, I think i feel a little more comfortable with bradford they're both they're both kind of the same as far as lots of upside not lots of upside some upside probably a little more downside certainly injury concerns um but bradford's got better receivers
0: Good. far and
1: away better receivers than what tyrod taylor has
0: Yeah, Taylor has Carolina this week Yeah, on the road, and then Denver. Which I think
1: is going to be a very interesting game because you've got Sean McDermott, who was the former defensive coordinator for Carolina for several years, coming back to play against them. Mm -hmm. And usually when, when you see a defensive coordinator come back and play against his former team, or a coach who was a defensive coordinator come back against his former team, you see that offense have some solid success.
0: Okay uh and uh, we'll get to running backs right now after i tell you about FanDuel fantasy football for everyday fans new contests starting every single week no busted seasons oh that's perfect for david johnson owners you're bummed about your team you're looking at your lineup and oh i can't start david johnson well of course i did start him in FanDuel last week uh go to FanDuel and you can pick for from any player in the league and you play the matchups, you find out how smart you are because you can identify this awesome matchup. Like last week for me, it was so obvious. Kelvin Benjamin was a great value because he was facing the 49ers and they suck against wide receivers, and I nailed that one. Bonanza. Uh, I did terrible. But but that's the fun of FanDuel. Back on it again next week. It does not matter. Over 2.5 million players have won a cash prize playing fantasy sports on FanDuel. So go to FanDuel.com, click the Join Now button, and use our code CBSPOD. For free entry into the NFL Sunday Million when you make your first deposit on FanDuel. Again, you got to use that promo code CBSPOD. FanDuel.com, promo code CBSPOD, void where prohibited. Running backs, Tariq Cohen, uh, Javoris Allen. By the way, Danny Woodhead could miss a lot of time. I didn't quite mention that. And Thomas Rawls will play this week. So Tariq Cohen, Javoris Allen, Kerwin Williams. So Jamie puts Javoris Allen ahead of Williams. What say you, Dave Richard?
1: I just don't like... Javoris Allen. He's gonna, he's gonna be in the Woodhead role. It doesn't mean he's going to do as well as Woodhead. And part-time player versus a guy who, admittedly, Williams will be a part-time player for the Cardinals, but I'd rather have the part-time player on running downs than the part-time player on passing downs for the Ravens.
0: Uh, after those top three, Cohen, Javoris Allen, and Kerwin Williams, we have Chris Carson. We got a couple of players here that have some, some serious long-term potential. Chris Carson and Marlon Mack, Dave.
1: And Carson, like I said before, I think he's going to end up being the best running back in Seattle this year. It's just a matter of time. And I think we could say the same thing about Mack in Indianapolis, just the fact that they gave him some run late in that blowout loss, and they saw some good things from him. I wonder if that means that they're going to try and get him a little bit more involved. Again, this is a team like the Bears. They're looking for offensive help anywhere they can find it. And Frank Gore is serviceable, but Marlon Mack has some sizzle to him. Mm -hmm. So... I, it's almost the same advice for him as it is for Carson. I think you got to stash him and kind of wait and see. You have to be patient and you might with, when, when it comes to Mack, you might want to have to be as patient with him as you would be waiting for Andrew Luck. Cause his, his upside might not really start to come into focus until Luck's back. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. And then, uh, so that's Chris Carson and Marlon Mack. There, Carson is worth adding. You're, you're not expecting to start him, but you know, Dave's laid out a good case for him. Uh and then there's four guys who are more PPR, Shane Vereen, Andre Ellington, Alvin Kamara who led all running backs yesterday with 31 snaps and facing New England, they're probably going to eh, they're possibly going to be trailing. It's a must-win game for those two. That's a it's a big game for those two teams, both 0 and 1. Uh Chris Thompson at the Rams this week. So Shane Vereen, Andre Ellington, Alvin Kamara and Chris Thompson Vereen did not get a carry. And Dark Dark was not on here either, but I could see. Yep. I could see one more bad game from Paul Perkins and it's a complete mess.
1: Sure. These are a lot of running backs that are worth stashing, mostly in PPR leagues. Ellington would be dead last for me on this list. Vereen would be second to last. Thompson would be third to last and Kamara would be at the top of this heap of PPR nonsense. Mm-hmm. But they're all, they all fade. By comparison to the other running backs that we
0: talked about, right? I don't see myself putting in too many claims for those guys. Maybe Camara. These I are the
1: guys someone. you put in claims for after you swing and miss on Cohen or Kerwin Williams.
0: Yeah, just a few dollars. You know, Shane Marine is a is a two dollar fab guy. It's two percent fab guy, I think, something like that. Just
1: I think almost all these guys are Camara. Yeah. Maybe
0: three. Yeah. Um, waiver wire wide receivers now. Wide receivers. Let's go to. The just in case list, these guys are owned in a lot of leagues, but in ten team leagues they might be available. Adam Thielen, Corey Coleman, Corey Davis, and Jordan Matthews. They're all owned in between sixty nine and seventy seven percent of leagues. Adam Thielen, Corey Coleman, Corey Davis, and Jordan Matthews. Maybe I'm wrong about Thielen. I don't know. I wasn't expecting much from him this year. I don't own him in any leagues. Uh, but very Bradford impressive. loves
1: him. You can you can totally tell that Bradford loves him. And he's probably one of the reasons why Bradford could go on to have a nice year. Uh
0: Yeah, oh, Thielen, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah. And look, I think Thielen is a good professional receiver who's more than just a possession guy. And he's going to be a threat that defenses are going to have to deal with. And it's going to be hard for them to deal with because you got Diggs on the other side. you got Rudolph at tight end. You've got Dalvin Cook coming out of the backfield. All of a sudden, the Vikings have a cornucopia <laughs> of pass catchers. Remember when they used to sink? Remember when like Sydney Rice was their best guy?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and even
1: with all these guys, they've got a first round pick sitting on the bench in Laquan Treadwell.
0: And now, and they've got Dalvin Cook to run the ball. It's not like, you know? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Cook is a, Cook makes a big difference. And they have Latavius Murray. Yeah, I know.
0: And Jerry McKinnon. So, do you like Thielen better than Cooper Cup and Kenny Galladay?
1: Yeah, if I can get Thielen ahead of those guys,
0: I think I would do it. Do you like Corey Coleman better than Cooper Cup and Kenny Galladay?
1: I think you have to. I don't know if I really, um, yeah, I think you have to.
0: How much fab? Central
1: number one receiver versus these guys who are not.
0: What, per, one. what percentage of your fab are you using on Cup and Galladay?
1: Uh, no more than
0: 10%. All right.
1: Probably closer to like 7%. And
0: which one do you like better? You like Galladay better, right? I like Galladay
1: better than Cup. If, if you're really nervous about Galladay being inconsistent, which I'll admit could still be the case, then I think Cup is the one you you lean toward. But putting a claim for both. One or the other should be fine.
0: The late season schedule, like after the bye, well, after Minnesota in three weeks, it gets much better for Detroit. But Giants, Falcons, Vikings in their next three games, two of them on the road, could be tough sledding. Mm -hmm. Kenny Galladay is a top blank receiver rest of season.
1: Thirty six. Alrighty. He's he's a low end I I would judge him as a number a low end number three receiver, but I think Cup is more of a middle to middle end number three receiver. Both of them could be very good. I just Galladay has I, I think his ceiling is better than Cup's because of the propensity to throw in that offense, the the talent that's around him there. Marvin Jones is good. Golden Tate, different type of receiver. Obviously he's very good. Eric Ebron, who knows what's up with him. And that line will get healthier once they get Taylor Decker back. But they're going to throw, throw, throw. They don't have a run game. And so that helps Galladay. And Stafford even talked about it. He was the guest on uh, the halftime show of the first Monday night game. And the first question was about Kenny Galladay. And he he talked about how Galladay's been progressing since the preseason. And he's going to continue to look for him. And I love the fact that he had a red zone touchdown. And I love the fact that he caught a deep ball for a touchdown.
0: They'll Married have... routes,
1: good speed, good size. They don't have anybody else like this in the offense for Detroit.
0: They'll have a run game. They will have a run game. Oh, stop it. It'll happen. The The only reason
1: why you like Amir Abdullah is because he's got the same initials (laughs) as you.
0: Uh, Nelson Aguilar, Danny Amendola. Aguilar 6% owned, Amendola 36% owned. So Amendola right up there with Galladay and and Cup, right about 35%, 36% owned. But he's dealing with a concussion. But he had six catches for 100 yards on seven yep. targets.
1: Yeah, he's he's going to end up being that Edelman replacement.
0: So should we whether prioritize whether or not he can
1: last, you know, ten games is a different story.
0: Should we prioritize Amendola over Cup and Galladay?
1: I think you could prioritize him over Galladay in a PPR league. All
0: right,
1: Cup I think would be ahead.
0: Okay, um, Marquis Lee, and it's only because
1: of his health, Adam. That's really the only reason why.
0: Yeah. Marquise Lee, Kendall Wright; these guys are going to start getting more targets. They
1: will, and so, I'll give you another one to throw in there: <clears throat> Paul Richardson of the Seahawks.
0: Yep, he's on this list. I know they're talking about Tyrell,
1: Tyrell Tyler Lockett coming back. I think Richardson is a little bit better, and I wouldn't. I would be surprised if they pulled Richardson for Lockett. But,
0: but when well, we look, Richardson's
1: one of those guys. If you're in a deeper league, I would try and stash him
0: right now. When we look at Marquise Lee, Kendall Wright. Richard Matthews, Paul Richardson, Alan Hearns, and Jermaine Kearse. Fourteen team leagues are deeper?
1: Yeah, I think so. Right right in a twelve team PPR makes some sense. Gonna, Same thing with look I don't mind rostering Marquise Lee. I just don't know how safe he'll be to go with as a starter from week to week.
0: You gonna drop Dante Moncrief?
1: I I would so that's a name of a player who, if I saw him on waivers, I I might not race to get him off the waiver wire, but once it's clear that Luck is coming back and Moncrief is a free agent, I would pick him up.
0: Right. Okay. And uh, that's wide receiver for you. Team name Tuesday, real quick. Luck, I am your father. Very good. And Cairo Santos, little helper.
1: I think we've heard both of those before. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Alright, I always forget. They're not bad. By the actually.
1: way, we, we, uh, mispronounced the kicker for the Chargers name. How, what is it? It's Young Wei Kim. Koo. Young Wei Koo.
0: Young Wei Koo.
1: I think it's Young Wei. Oh, it is not Young Ho. That's gonna change that's a lot of team
0: name Tuesday. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Young well, Wei. the Koo
1: part we got right.
0: I want you. Show me Young Wei. Right? Right? Wouldn't it be it? I
1: want Koo yes! to show me some
0: way? Yes. Perfect. Yeah, Everybody change your team name. Too
1: bad after he got his game-tying field goal blocked last night that who knows how much longer he'll be on the Chargers.
0: No, no, come on. That wasn't his fault. Okay, They might
1: say toodaloo to Youngway
0: Koo. <laughs> Priorities at tight end. Just in case. Kobe Fleener, 71% owned. Jason Witten, 67% owned. So they're above the 65% uh, own threshold. But Fleener and Jason Witten, are they better than Charles Clay, Cameron Brate, Austin Hoopa?
1: I I would put Fleener at the top of the list, but I would view all these guys as streamers and not lock into your lineup week in and week out guys. Fleener came through with the late touchdown. It was really nice to see that really put a happy little Band-Aid on what was otherwise a mediocre game for him another mediocre game for him. But people started him as a streaming tight end as soon as Willie Sneed was suspended and and he came through. And I think he'll continue to get those opportunities against the Patriots and the week after that. But once Willie Sneed comes back, then it's, I don't know what we're going to get out of good old Jacoby.
0: Jacoby Fleener. Jacoby Fleener. And then Charles Clay. Yeah. Clay Um, might have the best matchup this week. He
1: might. There's no question about it. And, This We already talked about how the Bills, the receiving core, it's it's kind of meh. You've got Jordan Matthews. You've got Zay Jones. Eventually, I think Jones will take a step. We just didn't see it in week one. And Jamie talked about this on prior podcasts and on prior shows that we have on CBS Sports. Clay has the most chemistry with Tyrod Taylor. They've worked together the most. And so he's kind of that dependable short area target for Tyrod.
0: He's 25% owned. Cameron Braid is on this list, uh partial I'm sure because of the matchup with Chicago, but but like you know, you can't really say Hooper had a great game against the Bears. Busted coverage, eighty eight yard touchdown was total fluke. Yes. So, very
1: fluky game. You cannot expect that from from Hooper very often. It's probably his best game of the year. Uh
0: huh. That's it. Yeah. Uh Cameron Braid, Charles Clay, Fleener, Witten. Witten's at Denver, though. I don't know if you're going to want to start him. Hooper no. against Green Bay. Evan Ingram. I don't really trust him against Detroit, uh, with, with Becca most likely back. Jesse James against Minnesota. Jesse James played 90% of the snaps. Vance McDonald played 30%. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want Jesse James? Fleener caught a touchdown he, against Minnesota.
1: Yeah, he wouldn't be at the top of the list for me. I would have Fleener than Clay. And then you might be able to talk me into Jesse James from there.
0: Last guy on Jamie's list is George Kittle, who's 2% owned. He had five catches for only 27 yards against the Panthers. Mm-hmm. He had six targets, which was second on the team to, behind Garcon, and he played 95% of the snaps. So, look, he's at Seattle, then the Rams at Arizona. Forget Kittle, about it. Yeah, it's
1: just deep. Come knees. back for him in three or four weeks.
0: Um All right, DSTs to stream. The Ravens have to be number one. They're 68% owned. Uh, they got Cleveland and then at Jacksonville. The Raiders, 35% owned. They get the Jets. The Bucks no have the Bears and the Rams get the Redskins and then the 49ers. I love that Rams defense, especially if Aaron Donald plays. Uh, yep. yeah, I like it, man. Ravens,
1: Ravens top the list. I would take the Rams second. And, um, yeah, Raiders should be up there.
0: Raiders no and Bucks. Good matchups. Uh, Kickers, Blair Walsh, Phil Dawson, Phil Dawson, Giorgio Tavecchio, and where's my IDP? Gotta mix that up. Uh, I had a four. I had four linebackers in IDP. Number one is B.J. Goodson. He had 11 tackles for the Giants. Uh, so no, he, he had I got. I 18, have him in
1: my dynasty league.
0: 18 tackles. He's 11 percent owned. 18 freaking tackles for B.J. Goodson. Um, Going to
1: keep happening too. He's he's the man in the middle of that Giants defense.
0: T.J. Watt is 34 percent owned. He had two sacks and a pick. He's a rookie. He looks like he could be a stud. I don't know who this guy is, but Ramon or Raymond Humber. For the Bills had ten yeah, tackles. Razor Ramon Humber. <laughs> he played all but one snap against the Jets. He's one percent owned. Roman Raymond Razor Ramon, Raymond Humber. And Terrell Suggs is six percent owned. He might be back, who knows? Uh two sacks against the Bengals. So uh keep an eye on him. I don't know. He's not gonna get you the tackles that you like from a linebacker, right. but he had the sacks.
1: Yeah, the outside backers typically don't get a lot of tackles. It's it's usually the inside guys like Goodson and Razor. Those guys are gonna be the ones who will help you out.
0: Alright, we've gone long today, but I thought it was really important, so let's go a little longer and just go through some emails real quick, Dave. FantasyFootball at CBSI.com. Gary and the Knight of the Roundtable from Austin, Texas and the Bay Area, California. Okay, this is interesting. Is in a keeper league. Uh, the commissioner screwed up the scoring. Basically, he usually, it's IDP. It's usually, uh, three tackles equals one point. Oh, no, it's usually a third of a point per tackle. But la- but this year, the commissioner made it Three tackles equals one point, so you don't get the decimals. I beat him by two po- by .2 points with the current scoring, but now he's saying we messed up, so the scoring should be changed. What do we do? In other words, with the old scoring, Gary would have lost, but with the new scoring, he won, and the commissioner wants to go to the old scoring for week one.
1: Of course he
0: does. What do you think? I
1: think he should go to the old scoring for week two. All
0: right. The commissioner
1: should admit that he made a mistake, uh, but whatever the results were for week one— they, they should stand in week two moving forward. The commissioner should fix the problem and the commissioner shouldn't be such a knucklehead. He's got to make sure that he knows what the scoring system is and that it works before, uh, before he unleashes the league.
0: Next emails from MC in Michigan. Dear Maddie, <laughs> uh, Kenny and Showtime. I have no idea what that is. No idea. Can you talk about the percentage of fab you would spend on Galladay, Aguilar, and Cup? I think we already did that. That's three. three We really did.
1: And Aguilar, by the way, I I wouldn't spend a lot. He had, uh, you want to talk about a broken play? Aguilar had most of his yards in his touchdown on the broken play.
0: So we said like no more than 10% for (coughs) Galladay. Yeah,
1: no more than 10, probably closer to seven, seven seven-ish. And I think, I, I I think Cup is probably a little bit safer than Galladay.
0: Jason from DC, uh, I'm in a 10-team league. I have, Luck, Cam, and Big Ben. Can I cut Luck? I got to tell you, man, I'm not. I'm not thrilled with what I saw from Cam.
1: <laughs> neither, yeah, neither am I. The problem is he he's in such a bind. He's got three quarterbacks. Carrying two quarterbacks is a pain in the butt as it is in fantasy. Carrying three, unless you've got a deep, deep bench, is just nightmarish. Yeah, yikes. Um. But if I saw luck on my waiver wire, I would snap him up in a heartbeat.
0: And I don't think,
1: I don't think he can do it. I think he's, I think he should try and make a trade. I think he should try and trade. He can try and trade luck. I don't think he'll get very much from him. Not, at least not until the news gets better for him. Maybe Cam is the one you trade.
0: All right. We're going to cut the show off here and be back tomorrow to give you some grade to trade, some buy low, some sell high after week one. Looking forward to it. Dave, thanks for pinch-hitting here, and we'll talk to you hopefully in Fort Lauderdale tomorrow.
1: Hopefully. Thank you, Adam, and thank you, everybody, for your patience and your kind words during this uh, frustrating time. Hurricanes are frustrating.
0: Yeah, and for all of you who have been more affected by it than we have, we wish you a speedy recovery with your homes, with whatever you're dealing with. Uh, Good luck to you. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Later.